0: with us now if you dare down a rickety staircase into a dank dark basement what awaits the saturday night freak show <laughs>
1: hey thanks for listening to the saturday night freak show podcast we're a movie review podcast that comes your way every saturday whether the world is ending or not
2: <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs>
1: These are the internet radio superstars.
3: Holly. McCann.
1: Sean? <laughs> Sean? Oh, there you go. Uh, so Who we, are you? Uh, and I'm Colin. Again. That's
2: three weeks, weeks in a row.
1: Three weeks. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's the whole adapting to new technology thing. Um, so, uh, what we do every week, we watch a movie that's chosen round Robin by the group. And uh, then we talk about it for a little bit. Uh, You can join in the uh, excitement by following along with us on social media. We'll tell you about that later. We'll tell you how you can uh, write in to Igor's mailbag and have him bring out the mail. But wherever you found us, we'd appreciate it if you give us a like, a star rating, or a review. All that stuff helps us get found by other folks like you in our quest for total world domination.
2: Uh,
0: So this week we watched a movie that was chosen by.
4: Sean, what
0: did we watch this week? Uh, 1997's The Relic. Directed, Directed by, by Peter Hyam,
1: Who we would know from. Time Cop. That's right. Yeah, and yeah.
0: Stay Tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Which I haven't seen in years, but holy shit, I want to watch that again. End of Days.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, he, yeah.
0: he did Amazing Stories. I did 2010.
2: It's yeah,
1: well, wait, you said amazing stories in 2000 but the movie 2010.
0: Right? Yes, the movie 2010.
1: The sequel to 2001. This is like yes. I think there are there are well there are three people there's two people two directors oh. who have done sequels to Stanley Kubrick movies. Right? Yes. They had the hubris mm-hmm. to say that they could follow <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. There is I can do that. Peter Hyams with 2010 mm-hmm. and um Oh, shit. Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan I was say. with Dr. Sleep. And I suppose you could maybe put Mick Garris in there because he did a remake of The Shining.
3: Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. Steven Weber, right?
2: Yeah, that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But Peter Hyams, he, uh, that guy, he's actually from Chicago, which is going to come into play as we talk about the relic. He was uh, uh, he was actually an anchor for like, a TV station. In Chicago, then uh, went off to become, you know, he said, I want to get into movies. And I think his big, like, he had done it several, but the one that that people remembered him for in the 70s was a movie called Capricorn One. You guys heard of that?
0: No.
3: I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it.
1: It's like a thriller where they fake a Mars landing, right? And then the ship that they actually sent, because they're like, you can't actually survive that trip, so we're going to take you off and you're going to shoot all this stuff behind the scenes like you're on Mars, but the ship, when it comes back, burns up. And so they're like, well, then what happens to the guys? It's James Brolin is in it, Elliot Gould, and... Uh,
3: well, that's yeah. another connection he has <laughs> to Kubrick, then, is faking a planetary <laughs> landing
1: Dang. here it is. No shit! <laughs> yeah.
0: Now's not the time, Michaela.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he also did uh, a movie, actually, I think my favorite of his movies you guys ever seen, Outland? With Sean Connery? No.
3: No, I don't think so.
1: It's like High Noon on Jupiter's moon. Um (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's the tagline.
0: It's very very, Uh, (laughs) that it should
2: be.
1: I think that might be the tagline, yeah. It's High Noon on Jupiter's moon. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Well that's a pretty good movie. And then um I know he did Running Scared? That was another Chicago set movie because yeah. I think that was one of I the liked first... I
3: like that movie, actually.
1: Yeah, no, we, we're talking about the the old one with the Billy... 83
3: Not the Paul Walker one?
1: No, the Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines
0: one. Okay.
1: Yeah, I like the Paul Walker one, too, movie. yeah.
3: The Paul Walker one's really good.
1: Gregory
0: mm-hmm. Hines. Remember That's when in shit?
1: Yeah, yeah. Wolfen. White Knights. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, and yeah, End of Days. End of Days, you know, when I was watching The Relic, I'm like, oh, I remember, it. like, he took that same visual aesthetic into yeah. End of Days. And that's why I don't, I don't think uh, that movie, I, I can't remember seeing a whole lot of it.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, Complete Darkness, that's not hard <laughs> to take from one movie to another. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, so, what, uh, so, um, so what's The Relic about? Uh, why don't we set this movie up for the folks at home?
0: Uh, I mean, we start out uh, in, where is he, the Amazon? I'm I'm going (coughs) to...
1: Brazil. He's in Brazil or something. Brazil, right, right.
0: He's in Brazil, and uh, our uh, scientist, John Whitney, uh, is studying a tribe out there, and they give him, they concoct a cocktail for him to drink, and he drinks it, because why wouldn't you?
1: No, you're not supposed to do that. When somebody hands you something to become part of the tribe. Oh, well. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Everything I watch on TV now where two people just get close to each other is freaky. So mm-hmm. here, drink this thing that the tribe made. I'm sure you'll be fine. Like you're going to trip balls off of whatever they give you, right? Okay, yeah, just feel, what's going to happen. Least,
3: at the very least.
0: Uh, and so yeah. that's basically what starts to happen to him. He starts tripping. Um, one of the tribesmen dressed up as a monster of uh, the, I'm guessing, the Cathoga the um, comes up to him and scares him and he screams. And then it's just like whoosh, the relic. This is the pre-title, you're saying, yeah. Yeah, this is the cold open. Yeah, because it Uh, turns
1: out that you need to remember the name John Whitney, uh, because this becomes extremely uh, important as the movie goes on, but I don't think I caught that the first time that I saw this movie, that I was supposed to be... no, I
3: had to have it explained to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't know that you're supposed to be investing this much attention in a pre-title sequence.
0: Right. Right. I agree. First time I saw it, I didn't connect the guy at the beginning with whatever else was going on in the movie. I'm wasn't until later that, that that was made clear. Though I did see this as a kid.
1: <clears throat> well, that explains a whole lot.
0: It does, doesn't
3: it? <laughs> I feel like I would have loved this movie if I had seen it as a kid. Oh, you would have. Yeah, would have yeah. been like that. Yeah. Be everything.
0: Like, <laughs> like, this was a big HBO uh, staple for, for uh-huh. a long time. Yeah. Well, that's HBO what I was. I looks. was
1: kind of wondering about this because, like, I never hear anyone talking about The Relic in, like, there's never any references to it in other pop culture, you know what I mean? But it seems no, like never. everyone has fucking seen the movie. Mm-hmm. You're saying that's yes. why?
0: I th- uh, probably. No one's going to be like, hey, guys, you remember this movie? Because everyone's like, yeah, The Relic. We've all seen it. You don't talk about things that every single person has seen.
2: <laughs> well,
0: it's weird.
3: I feel like the other Field Museum movie, The Prophecy, gets talked about way more. Then the relic.
1: Now, which one is which one is that?
3: The prophecy from seventy nine.
1: Yeah, they're not like in a field museum walking in that prophecy? one. Yeah, see,
3: it's supposed to take place in the field museum though.
1: Uh, what in a novel or something? Because that one actually takes place in like the Pacific Northwest or something. They're outdoors in the woods all the whole way through that one. But that's why I was wondering when you were asking about that. I'm like the Christopher Walken one or the no, the old, no. yeah. Well, this one I think uh, so. The part of the relic is based on a novel. Did you look this up, Sean? Did you find yeah. out all the all the relevant info about this? What uh, what's? Uh, well, I mean, what can you tell us about the book?
0: It was a book. It's called The Relic uh, by two authors. Um, <laughs> it's I mean, it's it's all basically the same story. Um, a lot of characters were uh, combined for the movie. Um, and some deaths were changed because, um, characters in the book go on to come back in the sequel book. There's a sequel book to this.
1: What's that one called?
0: Um, uh, the relic, uh, the reliquary, the reliquary. That's yeah. it. Yep.
1: <laughs> the place where you store the holy relic. Right. Yeah.
0: Which is, which is, uh, I think it gets into, uh, Michaela's favorite thing is that there were, there's another monster. Like just there was two the whole time,
2: yeah. <laughs> and they're going
0: through the sewers under it's New York in the book, and so they're chasing another creature under the sewers.
2: I was very <clears throat> in New concerned
0: York.
3: this movie was going to do that. Not going to lie, mm-hmm.
0: I mean it does go in the sewers mm-hmm. for a little bit. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, but yeah. I, was I was worried so, there was uh, going to be a second one.
0: Oh, <laughs> I was like, I really going happen? Like I don't, I don't think they would quite tapped into that uh, uh, surprise another monster thing yet, because otherwise. It very well could have happened for right. that. was the
1: next year when Godzilla nineteen ninety eight came out, right?
2: Uh,
0: yeah. Oh. There's baby ones. <laughs> right? I don't see why they should have uh, Well then no, what I are we talking like about? Well, Jonathan did it way back
1: the in the same year. Was it yeah, yeah. yeah right? And that is the same yeah. year and that
3: does that. Yeah.
1: So they were they were just right on the cusp there.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah.
1: Well apparently the book uh the movie Excise, is a character from the novels whose name is uh Aloysius Tendergrass uh, which Aloysius. is an FBI agent who I think becomes the main character of the novel and has spawned like this whole series of novels and uh you know I mean it's he's always got to be one of these like extremely weird eccentric uh supernaturally inclined FBI guys right and he yeah. becomes your protagonist. Um, but they cut him out completely from this, which is like, how do you do that? I mean, you just take the main character out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all Tom Sizemore.
1: <laughs> yeah, who's in this?
0: <clears throat> Tom Sizemore, Penelope Ann Miller, uh, Linda Hunt. Uh, m- 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 Man, a little bit oh, of James, did it, James did it, Whitmore in did there. anyone
4: else? Did anyone else remember that Penelope and Miller and Linda Hunt were both in Kindergarten Cop? Yes. Yes,
0: a lot of people were, yeah. as a matter of yeah. fact. <laughs> this is like a, uh, a spiritual sequel to Kindergarten Cop.
4: Yeah, which, it really is.
0: <laughs> which uh, I would love. If Schwarzenegger just I, showed up at the end, would have been great. Yeah,
4: you just call it Kindergarten Cop 2, the field trip.
0: Yeah. Right? And you stick with but, those kids a little uh, more. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So there but there
4: is. is. There is a kindergarten cop two starring Dolph Lundgren.
0: Oh Jesus, there is.
1: That's right. They just came out, didn't it? That's like that's only a couple only of years, a couple ago, years yeah. old, yeah. Yeah. Well the bulk of this movie takes place in the Chicago uh Museum of Natural History. Is it the Field Museum it's in, Field right? Museum. It... Yeah. So I think it's the maybe first and only time. Certainly the biggest showcase for uh the Chicago Museum. So I think you know if you're living in the Midwest, if you're in that area, there's a certain attachment you have to the relic because it showcases at <laughs> that's least. That's why know. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I knew
0: it was in Chicago. I'm just like, hey, that's like right down the street. They shot a movie there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's well, all it took to make child me excited.
1: Once well, I remember meeting someone who was in the movie, like during the big gala scene. You know, she came in, you know, wearing a dress or something. It was like, oh yeah, I was in the movie. And I remember being at the Field Museum. Uh, I think when, they, I'm not saying they were shooting when I was there, but I remember those superstition banners hanging up outside. So it's like somehow they addressed it for it, but, um, um, so the, but the whole thing here, okay. So we got to get from the, the rainforest to, uh, the field museum and there's a scene which I Shipping was... Shipping
0: crates, Colin. Yeah. I wasn't Shipping sure what was going on movie. there. Yes, it is a crate movie. <laughs>
3: There's a lot of them we determined.
1: Yeah. A lot of crate movies or a yes. lot of crates in this movie.
3: Like it starts with with a big crate being lifted off of a chip.
1: <laughs> which was a this thing in the a- 90s which you don't really seem to see a whole lot anymore. Uh Wishmaster had the best version of this, right? Yes, it did. <laughs> Where a guy gets smushed Just go watch it. I
3: don't want to spoil it.
1: Oh sorry. <laughs> and then uh yeah, oh there's always, you know, something the um you know, the ship comes in. It's like Dracula, right? I suppose the the, mm-hmm. the ship comes from a foreign land and it brings the horror with it and then, you know, runs rampant on, in your city. Um, yeah. But I didn't... Okay, so y- you guys maybe have to explain this to me. I mean, I guess maybe in hindsight, maybe I get it, but there's a scene before the ship departs from Brazil when it's heading back to the United States. We see a guy. Is that Whitney?
0: That's John Whitney.
1: After he's come down from his trip... Yes. And he's looking for something in those crates.
0: He's still in Brazil at that point, and he's having stuff shipped home, stuff he's collected on his trip in Brazil. And so he's looking for his crates. Yes.
1: Okay, but he doesn't find them because the crates aren't on the ship? Like we see later.
0: Apparently.
1: I didn't get what the hell was going like. There were five minutes of the movie, and I'm like, I am not sure what's happening.
0: No, his crates were not on the ship, but he ended up on the ship.
1: Even though the crates were, like, sitting on the dock right next to the ship, somehow they did not get shipped.
0: Right. Okay. And there's a line of dialogue there that says something happened, and they were delayed three weeks, and they just got here. Okay. Which is why they're in his office.
1: Okay. So what we're supposed to believe here is that—well, uh, so, okay, so then the action shifts to uh, the Chicago Museum, uh, where—
0: Well, first it shifts to the boat and um, Tom Sizemore.
1: Oh, that's right, because we have the scene where, like, the mis- the mystery ghost ship shows up. Right. This is one of those things, like, I live in this area and all my life have never known about the St. Lawrence Seaway. Did you know about this? What is this? Nope. That's what I'm saying. So they reference it in the movie, <laughs> and I was like, because I'm sitting there going, like, okay, this uh, thing came from Brazil, and it ended up in Lake Michigan, a ghost ship, without a pilot. Like, how oh, right. does that happen and so Sizemore says something about the Seaway, and I'm like, okay, I gotta Google this like right now. What the fuck are we talking about? There is a thing called the Saint Lawrence Seaway, which starts up in Canada above Maine and leads down and connects through all the Great Lakes.
0: Really? There you go. Yeah, I did not know that.
1: Hitherto wow. unknown. Okay, you- I'm <laughs> geography. <lesson. laughs> you can get to the ocean from Chicago.
0: Yeah, I didn't know you were a shipping magnate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that's because I was, like, sitting there going, like, this movie's got a giant problem right now, I can't figure out how the fuck it ends up. i right. like, okay. So, somehow, I mean, when you look at the chart, you're like, okay, it never would have made it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, the ship shows up. It's very spooky and mysterious, and top cop Tom Sizemore is called in to... Vincent uh, Augusta. That's right. So, Tom Sizemore is an actor of uh, some renown and some infamy, I think... Uh, renowned because I think the relic was his first leading role, if I remember. I so. What did he What did he do before that? I can't tell if nobody can hear me.
2: No,
0: I can hear you. I'm, uh, <laughs> Sean just <he> doesn't I <laughs>
2: uh,
0: wait. Hold on. Hold on. I have it pulled up. I'm right. actually right on his page. Heat. Yes. Uh, Devil in a Blue Dress. Strange Days. Natural Born Killers. Striking Distance, True Romance, Heart and Souls, <clears throat> Passenger 57, my favorite.
1: Uh, most people uh, probably know him from Saving Private Ryan.
0: Point Break, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, he, like we said, he'd done every war movie ever for, for 10 years. He was pretty much in all of them. Well, uh, you,
2: you, you, would it yep, surprise you dead. to know
1: that the keeper of the Saturday Night, Hall, the Saturday Night Freak Show, Wall of Fame, MF Mad says that Tom Sizemore has been planted on our wall. Now we're going to have to cut out a picture of him and mount it, put it on the wall behind us, joining the galaxy of other stars on the Sylvester Stallone and Jeffrey Combs Wall of Fame.
0: <laughs> Can we give the wall a very long name? Like
2: just the Saturday running.
0: Night Like, free like the, show the office wall fun of run, Just like uh, <laughs> the Sylvester Stallone Honorary uh, uh, March 22nd Wall of... Just keep going with it. I
1: just got to have a plaque.
0: Yes, Something.
1: with all the names. Well, Sizemore was in movies that we've covered on this show. We did Point Break way back in the day, uh, True Romance. We also did Now the Relic, so that has planted him firmly on the wall frame. A little round of applause for uh, <laughs> Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore, also famous, infamous for his behavior. Drugs. <laughs> celebrity
2: yeah. rehab. Drugs.
1: <laughs> yeah, celebrity rehab, because wasn't he was he married or was he dating... Um, the Hollywood Madam, Heidi Fleiss.
3: I think they were together for a long time.
1: And they ended up on that show together, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, that was
3: dark television, man. Yeah. Did, did I probably anyone, shouldn't have watched that at the age I was watching it.
0: <laughs> did anyone play Tom Sizemore in the Heidi Fleiss movie that they made?
3: Oh, I'm sure. Uh,
0: I wonder who. <laughs> <laughs> Who would, playing, guess, who, who would you cast, Sean? Who would you cast as Tom Sizemore? Bruce Willis. No,
4: I think Leah Shriver is a good one. They okay, have the same profile. Yeah, good. good if one. he
0: if he got like gaunt and made his head ten times bigger. That'd be great. Yeah.
1: Well, the reason that Bruce well, Willis came to my withered mind withered and drug like, addled now. Yeah, yeah. Now he's all yeah. Well the reason Bruce Willis came to my mind is because it seemed to me, and I don't know, well, like once I got hooked onto this, like while we were watching the movie, I like couldn't let it go. Well, there was a die hard aesthetic, I think, to the cinematography, which is also done mm-hmm. by the director. Peter Hyams is his own cinematographer in all of his movies. And he loves long before JJ Abrams embraced the lens flare, Peter Hyams loves the fuck out of those lens flares. Anamorphic yeah. widescreen lens flares. Like Johnny I don't think Timmy he had did. a
0: choice. They were the only lights in the movie. <laughs> right? right? If you just have floodlights and darkness, you're going to get a lens flare.
1: It is a very unusual aesthetic to go with. Um,
0: it's, the, it's
1: the 90s. Did you... Well, yeah, okay. Because you're saying stuff like uh, 7 or the X-Files or those kind of, hey, we're all going to go dark and, you know...
0: Yeah, we're always... I mean, it was that and the movie takes place in basements and sewers but it's just like every movie is just like all right we're in a basement basements are dark and drippy and that's what we're gonna make it look like that's the 90s
3: the thing is when you do that in a creature movie that like tells the audience or at least is how i take it is that like we don't have confidence in our the design of our creature
1: yeah Yeah, you're trying to hide it in darkness Mm -hmm. but sometimes Mm -hmm. that works you know Sometimes it works because, you know, the bits and pieces that you see. The the original Alien was kind of like that. I mean, compared to other movies of that time, it was fairly dark. But at least the cinematographer there knew what the hell he was doing. I mean, Hyams is a, you know, I mean, he's been a cinematographer for, like, what, 30, 40 years. You know, I mean, he knows what he's doing, so this is like an aesthetic choice. But the only way that I can describe it to you at home is... um, it, the Every shot embraces a silhouette. The backgrounds always seem to be lit just a bit brighter than the, the subject in the front foreground.
0: Yeah, there's no key lighting in
2: this.
1: Uh-uh. Yeah, that's the other thing that was missing, right? Like, you, you would just have a single light source, which sometimes would be like a flashlight, or a single yeah. bulb light somewhere, and there'd be no key light on the back of the actor's head to separate them from the darkness. And it... I don't know, I mean... I mean... I thought it was a very ugly-looking movie because of that, but I mean... It's very drab. So you're saying, I mean, like, what's the psychological effect of this on you when you watch it? I mean, did you think that this was a quality big-budget movie, or it was a low-budget movie, or...?
3: I think it reads as a cinematographer finally getting to do what he's always wanted to do, instead of what the the director's telling him, so he's just going to try weird things.
1: I mean, I suppose it's a thing to go like, hey, I'm gonna make my movie completely black.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe, he Maybe he just wants it. Maybe just wants, like, tons of shadow, because he's like, the monster can come from anywhere.
1: It's a horror movie. Yeah. I shoot my horror movies, I shoot them in the
0: dark, damn it. Yeah. So many lens flares. I, mean, I have it on right now, and I'm just, like, I'm blinded by the flare.
4: I guess I just don't understand how at no point did anyone be like, I can't see a fucking thing in this movie. <laughs> Like how are they like? Okay, that's fine. We can release it that way. It's fine. It's fine. Like you can't it see does, anything in this movie. It does look unfinished, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: As it does. Then you're saying, it's missing a couple other light sources. Or what do you mean?
3: Yeah, it, it feels like like here's a here's a rough shoot we're gonna do just to make sure this is gonna work, and like they release that as the movie. <laughs>
1: like a rough cut well i mean when you're saying uh you know holly when you're saying that you know it's like when did somebody step in and go you know hey i can't see anything you figure like okay well your cinematographer is your director so directors making those decisions but i imagine that like dailies are going back to the studio right
4: that's what i mean no no one is coming back and saying yeah I like what you're doing, but I can't see a fucking thing.
3: <laughs> Do you think at that point in time, we were just so used to watching like blown out VHS that we're like, Oh, I can like make out something. That's good enough.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm from being an audience member back then. I mean, I saw this opening night or whatever. And I remember even then going like, this is underlit. You know I mean? Like, you know, I can't see what the fuck is going on. Cause his, his other, uh, what, the other way that he shoots it, is uh with a lot of uh, extreme close-ups, right? So you're you're mm-hmm. right up on somebody from you know about their eyebrows to the, their lips, right? And then yeah. he'll have the light sources because he's trying to make some kind of frantic, um you know, like it's really spooky and there's shit going on. So the light is always swaying. So you're getting these like reflections hitting their face, then they go into the dark, hitting their face in the dark, and you're like, I can't. When you cut away from that to the next shot. I don't know what I'm looking at. Right, know? right. I can't make out a shape here to be like, okay, this is you know. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting. Uh, but I don't know if that's a successful way of,
4: you know. I don't I think also, so. I think it's distracting.
3: Yeah, and I think it. I think it made the Field Museum look bad. I agree. Like it made yeah. it look really ugly, and that is not an ugly museum. And actually,
4: it's a really well lit museum normally. Yeah, when they were at the gala, I was looking around. I was like, first of all, this is the dimmest gala I've ever seen in my life. Like no mm-hmm. one can even see each other. And then it made the museum. I was like, the museum looks cheap. The mm-hmm. Field Museum mm-hmm. looks
3: cheap. How is that possible? Well, and like the Field Museum has those just constant, like I call it like the Westworld area where like it's yeah. just the rows and rows and rows of animals and glass boxes that are well licked that like they glow almost. Mm-hmm. It's like they turned all of those off in the whole right. museum.
1: Yeah, cuz we're trying to be moody. Cuz we're making yes. a horror movie. And this is how you make a horror movie in the dark. All right.
0: Well, uh well we'll Monsters try and, belong in the dark,
1: We'll try and tell you, listener, what we saw in the movie as we go here. But so uh Penelope Ann Miller is in the movie. <laughs> she is a Cheap
0: laugh. Cheap laugh. Colin.
1: Sorry. Uh, that was a shout out to Club. Dread. Nobody saw Club Dread, one of the greatest slasher comedies. We all saw it.
0: We <laughs> didn't have it in a long time. Yeah, I was just saying, we all saw it that once, and then nobody ever went
1: back. <laughs> um. So she's, she's from because uh, she was in like Carlito's Way, like around it. Was that yeah. like her big? You know? Yeah, I remember her. She was in Other People's Money and stuff like that. Um. So she plays a um, Doctor Green. Yeah, but her field of study. Is evolutionary biology, yeah, right. Which on DNA, I mean, you know, DNA and shit, it's imp- appropriate to be in this movie. And uh, she is on the receiving end of these crates that were shipped over from Brazil. And mm. inside the crates, they find um, just a bunch of packing leaves, and there appears to be a fungus on these leaves, and the fungus might be um, eggs, right? Yeah. And around this exact same time, there is a murder that happens in the the bowels of the field museum. A guard is beheaded,
0: right? Torn apart, yes. So, uh, so, so the, many beheadings.
1: So this movie is trying to set up. I mean, I suppose this is. Um, you know, so this is like it's like it's an alien, right? For the most
0: well, part. Well, what do we think is happening at this point? Like, do we? I think it's a serial killer. We don't know it's a monster until, like, the security guard dies, because we see a, a giant hand claw come out and grab his leg and pull him away.
1: Yeah. And then uh, there's an awesome scene with uh, probably, I don't know, it might have been my favorite scene in the movie with the coroner.
0: <laughs> She's great. <laughs> the sassy great. coroner. In the corner, there's always a sassy coroner. She wasn't eating, though.
4: I was going to say she wasn't eating a sandwich. <laughs>
0: she wasn't eating, but she was sassy, so that makes up for it.
1: Well, what does she find? What's what's odd about this murder?
0: His brain is light, even, for uh, a male, says she. Um, <laughs> he's missing his hypothalamus.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's been uh, torn out, eaten out. We don't know. But this is very strange. This ties very into, strange. I think, there are bodies discovered on this ship, Right. Which also yep. suffered the same had suffered the same fate, uh, but Tom Sizemore is working under the idea that it's a uh, like a drug gang, you know, killed everybody on the ship, and now they're after whatever was in these crates. And so now this is so I was trying to work this out, right? Because basically, what's going to happen here is that the um, entire Chicago police force is going to sure. descend on the Field Museum, right? And lock it down. Well they're not really locking it, but they're searching it from top to bottom. Yes. Yeah. On the hunt for who? Like what what do they think is going on <laughs> here?
3: A seven foot tall serial killer, Colin, obviously.
1: Who's still hiding in the museum? Somewhere, yeah. After on like day two, right? This is did this strike anybody else as bizarre?
3: <laughs> I a bit, I have yeah. hard time tracking time. At all
0: throughout this movie, so yeah, it feels like three days passes in this movie, uh-huh. and she's in the basement the entire time. Who? Penelope Ann Miller.
1: Well, there's also the uh, I can't remember what she was, the restoration expert who yes. is. Uh, they just have these random cutaways, right, to this woman who has been given a, a piece of rock, and she's you know polishing the rock and br- brushing stuff off the rock and reassembling the rock until finally it's like it's a little statue of a demon thing and they keep cutting to her like over the course of the running time of the movie where I was like has she just been down there the whole time I think that's one scene that they just cut up and like interspersed throughout the entire film Well,
0: yeah, probably
1: and then so is
4: is that is that rock thing that she's cleaning is that the relic
0: Technically, yes. <laughs> okay, that is the that is the titular, the, the titular. I'm glad yes.
3: you said that because I never actually thought about what the title meant until now, and you made me question everything for a minute there. was like, wait, why is it
2: called? That?
0: You were just like, "What's the relic?"
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Okay, but then my question is, well, what the, the hell does that have like, to do with anything else in the movie? He's it kind of the relic
0: as well. He's a relic from the like the past of this tribe that has come back. But that no. was a part of
3: the ceremony we saw.
0: I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just
3: like, there's a lot of things in this movie that happened that are completely inconsequential to the
1: story. Yeah. Well, it has a running time of almost two hours. I think it's about yes. ten minutes shy of two Insane. hours. There is a lot of... This is one of those movies where you kind of... So the movie is going to hold off, which I kind of do appreciate the patience of going like, we, we showed you that it is a monster movie. But we're going to hold off like an hour before we're actually going to sh- give you a, a look at our monster. But the way it yes. fills up that first hour is through like uh, the writers.
0: Thoroughly scientific re- terminology. Yeah. Where
1: we have all, you know, because basically Penelope Ann Marshall or Marshall Penelope Ann Miller is <laughs> marshalling all of the scientific uh, community here in this in the, the, the museum to try and decode the DNA that's found on these leaves. Because I think at some point it does create, like, another little monster, right? Yes. What happens there?
0: Uh, there's, um, there's the, I forgot, if the beetles that eat the flesh off bones, <coughs> they have in the museum. Um, apparently there's a, uh, a line of dialogue that says, like, a couple of them got loose, they broke out and went, somewhere in the middle of the night. And so there's a cutaway where you see one of the tiny little bugs crawling onto the leaf with the fungus on it. And then she collects all of it, stuffs it in a container, and puts it in the fridge. And then probably the next day, again, time is loose in this movie, um, the next day she hears a bunch of uh, movement in the thing, opens it up, and the beetle is huge and (laughs) and running at her. It looks like a smaller version of the bug from Starship Troopers. Yeah, it does. I, I he squishes like it that.
4: with a textbook.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, did man. did
4: you see did you see how many beetles were in that tank? So how did they know that a few got loose? Is it someone's job to count those every day?
0: I'll bet. How were they? Know? That is it was good the security <laughs>
3: guard's job, and now that she's decapitated, no one's there to keep track anymore. Right?
0: Yeah,
2: they they need a bug counting thousands. intern. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
1: so this, uh, so, okay, because the thing turns into a monster, I don't think she's told Sizemore this yet. Sizemore arrives with the cops. They're going to search the place. I think, actually, this time, I was actually paying attention to how many times, because I was keeping track of time through how many times I saw that woman cleaning that fucking statue, and it was two days. So the movie takes place over two days, because the first night okay. is when... The guard is killed, and the two kids, who, like, this is another, like, dead-end fucking plot point. Two kids sneak off a field trip and spend the night in the museum. And what happens to them?
0: Nothing. In the book, they die. That would seem a logical outcome. Which which would have been welcome, but...
3: Yeah, Yeah. come on, don't don't introduce kids in a
4: movie like this and then not kill them.
2: No. Kill the children.
4: Especially, Especially with the cutaway, the way it... The way it's set up, it looks like they're going to come back and find that the two kids have been murdered because that's when like all the cops are like rushing the building. And I'm like, oh, did they actually kill them? No, they didn't.
0: No, two kids saw yeah. something. Yeah. 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 Well,
1: they did well, find the guy's decapitated corpse, but then that, I mean, true. like I said, the, the, the re- police response in Chicago, based on this movie, is so amazing. You want to live there because if anything happens, the entire city's police force is going to show up and investigate the shit out of it.
0: And they're for not leaving day. done. That's right. Uh, the it's, the mayor's coming, Colin. Okay. This is mm. very important. It's a phone call after he kills a homeless man that this gala will go on.
1: That's right. I forgot. You're absolutely correct. It's because the have mayor you seen, is coming.
4: Have you seen his wife's cleavage? People need to see it, Colin. <laughs> the cleavage got him elected.
0: And also the Braithwaite. That is the Chicago coming? mayor right there. Yeah.
1: Harkins so that's, back to that's, yeah. Mayor Daly or something. I don't know who the hell it's trying to be. He, uh, I don't know either. <laughs> um, yeah, the show must go on, basically, is what the mayor's saying. And this is a big deal, and all the rich people are coming, and they're going to be donating money to the museum. The doctors need these grants. We've got doctors fighting for these grants. Pen- Penelope Ann Miller has to fight with this other guy named Greg.
3: Riveting stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but she also needs Greg's help to decode. Greg is like trying to smooze, uh smooth? Schmoo?
0: Like schmooze, whatever. Schmooze. word you just created.
1: He's trying to schmooze with the, the benef the wealthy benefactors, right? And trying to weasel her out of a grant. I know this is riveting stuff for a, a horror mm. movie. Um, but so this comes down to the thing that they are talking about: what recombinant DNA and uh, RNA, and watching computer monitors. Me, <laughs> they...
0: And I hand them them out, the <laughs> <And> <laughs> them
2: out. You know,
1: for a while. What do they learn? What is all this uh, uh, techno babble? Which sounds to me, I am prepared to buy it. That they researched sure. it. Because it sounds authentic. But who
3: cares? And <laughs> because they but who, sound, could, who could possibly care?
0: Because they sound like very excited nerds when they're saying this stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I believe them. Were you
1: able to follow
0: it?
3: Nope. And I, okay. honestly, I didn't care enough to. Because yeah. I knew it wasn't going to be important. <laughs> I got yeah. that
0: the uh, the fungus on the leaves is full of hormones. Um, it's, it's I got really that, hard that they were testing tell. the DNA of stuff.
4: It's really hard to tell in this movie what's going to be important and what's not.
0: Right, because yeah. it's just, yeah, because it could just be a nerd getting exciting over something, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then it won't matter in 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange uh, structure for, I mean, it, it did to me feel like, it's like, oh, this is clearly based on a novel, you know? Mm. <laughs> oh, <it's> like, absolutely. <laughs> we're putting right? all That's the research like- that the, the guy, the writer put in. Into the movie. When
3: We were watching last night and we were talking about it. And I was like, is this like some weird subgenre of like archaeologist procedural movie? Like, <laughs> like, you know, police procedurals are really big with like crowds on TV, but movies is where you go for your ar- archaeologist procedural because it was so in the detail. Oh, mm-hmm. very much. There were processes.
1: Maybe this gave birth to Relic Hunter, the TV show that starred Tia Carrera. Remember that one?
0: Oh, yeah, that popped yes. up when I was looking for this movie <laughs> yeah, <same. laughs> on Prime. That actually came up first. And I, and I looked at them I'm like, is that Tia
2: Carrera? hmm yeah. I forgot
1: about her. Or it was like the Tomb Raider knockoff, and then eventually you had The Librarian. Was that the other one with, uh, Noah, w- Wiley? with Noah Wiley? You Noah know? Wiley, yeah.
0: <laughs> the Librarian. Yeah. And then it was The Librarians. They turned it into a TV show. Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Well, um, Fun. Well, she figures out, I think somehow i'm not sure you're gonna have to maybe connect the dots here that basically there is a creature and that b it is drawn to the fungus it needs to eat the fungus because the fungus has a hormone that it needs to survive yes and the fungus is also if you don't give it the fungus it can find the
0: next best thing which is the hypothalamus
1: boom there you go.
0: Which, which is why there are 25 decapitations in this world. <laughs> I don't think I'm kidding on that number. I don't Everyone think so. Everyone gets their head cut off.
1: When was the first time that we actually see the creature, which has, it turns out, been living in the uh, bowels of the, the, the subterranean uh, sewer system, which right. I love this, too, because it's like beneath the, you know, it's like Phantom of the Opera or something, right? Only in the modern day in <laughs> Chicago, beneath the Field Museum, there is this catacomb of gigantic fucking tunnels, right? <laughs> that lead under See? the entire city or whatever. This is cool shit. <laughs> this is like, like, what I love. I love, the, I
3: love how, you, how much you're romanticizing this movie by saying it's like a fan <laughs> of the opera type. That really elevates it, Colin. Oh, well, thank you very much.
1: Well, that's But that's what I, occurred to me when I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those where you have the basement, and then the sub-basement is like, No one's been down here since they built these in the 20s or, you know, whatever the hell.
0: In 50 years. Yeah. The the monster's down there playing an organ. Is that (laughs) that where we end up?
1: Okay, but here's the other thing that we uh, maybe we need to clarify for the people at home who haven't seen this movie. Where we're talking about the beetle eats the thing and then grows into like a giant beetle. But the creature, when we first see it, this is on day one, um, is full grown. So, my question that I put...
0: Full-grown and asthmatic.
1: How did it get there? How did it get into the museum?
0: They explained it. They, they, he, he, the, the, from Lake Michigan, there is a tunnel system that will lead to the museum.
2: Oh, uh, Perfect.
0: Okay, I perfect. missed I, it. I, what? what? It was, I missed where's, it. There's the flaw, Colin. All right. I don't understand your sarcasm.
1: So, the, the creature was on the boat, killed everybody on the boat, jumped off into the water... Swam into the uh, tunnel, got to the museum because it knew, and we find out later that it does actually know that that's where the know. crates are going. Yes. Okay. All right, I'm with you. I am totally up and ready to go on this movie. The crates I are the so.
3: most important thing in this movie.
1: That's right. <laughs> really are. Really are. So the monster is called the Cathoga. 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 Okay, which means, I believe, son of the devil or son of Satan. In some uh, tribes' dialect, right? Is that sure. what we're, Right. And uh, we do at this point, probably midway through the movie, uh, we do actually get like a pretty good, like full-on look at this beast. So what right. this is uh, designed by? I don't know if it's designed by Stan Winston himself or his staff, but it's uh-huh. a Stan. Winston. I'll bet it was. <clears throat> so, what do we think of the monster? And can you describe it for the folks at home?
0: It's awesome, first of yeah, all. Yeah, I like the monster. Monster is really good. Mhm. Um, especially um, when it's practical.
3: It's kind of like a Deathclaw from Fallout, which is like it's got like like a big lizard type quadruped with like big kind of horns coming off its head and like but its jaws open like the predator.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what it looks like? It looks like one of the predator dogs.
3: Oh
1: yeah! Oh yeah. shit! It no, does. That, yeah. Now
0: yeah. that I now that I think about it, it looks like one of the predator dogs. Yeah, which mm-hmm. it does. Which is disappointing now because the Predator dogs are lame. But this was cool.
3: <laughs> well, you know how I feel about that movie,
0: right? Well, which are not there? Aren't there, pre- people. aren't there Predator dogs in Predators and The Predator? Oh, I, I, I haven't look. seen
3: The Predator.
1: I went to I'm The a, Predator. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you're right. They were better at yeah. the uh, Predators. Yeah, and Predators.
0: Pre- predator. Yeah. It looks like one of the Predators. Uh, predator dogs.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's a big, scaly monster. It's realized in the movie. It's
0: got hair and a tail. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it's partially uh, computer-generated and partially a practical thing. Like, apparently a pretty big practical thing, because there was a time when it fell through a skylight. And I'm like, that's a real... They they actually dropped this thing through a skylight. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's a real dealio.
4: Which I think on IMDb, there's someone credited as the monster, too. So I think there is someone, like, in a suit.
1: Cool. Yeah, there were two yeah. guys in the I was watching yeah. the, the end credits. Two guys as Cathoga. The yeah. monster. Um I'll tell you this, the um this movie does stand out in my mind for one very specific reason. When I first saw this, right, in nineteen ninety seven, um there's a scene where uh the monster like is chasing a guy. So the guy's running toward the camera and the monster's behind him. And the monster bites his head and in one shot cuts the guy, you know, bites the guy's head off. Yeah. And I remember that moment because I'm like, this is what we can do in movies now, because before then you couldn't do it in one shot, right? You would have to do the cutaway, monster grabs the guy's head, then from another angle, monster tears the fake head off the, the dummy. But in this, it was like you couldn't see the seam. It was like, oh my god, it just looked like it bit that guy's head off in one one continuous <laughs> shot. I mean, I know now we right. do that all the time, but at that point in time that was like this is the first movie where I was able to see that actually happen.
0: Yeah, where they can combine all that stuff.
1: How did you think the uh, CG held up?
0: <laughs> it's definitely worse than I thought, than I remember it being. <laughs> Um, but still, I've seen way worse. Yeah, um, it
3: depends but, on what it's doing. Really. Yeah, it really yeah. does. When it's jumping, it's really bad.
0: Yeah, when they shadow it more, it obviously looks better. But um, when
4: it's running around on fire,
2: oh,
0: that was, I mean, that that was bad. That I, I thought that was. Uh, I think it's cool. It, obviously, it's bad. But I also think like anything, <laughs> run, anything on fire moving, like you know, whether it's Christine or this monster, yeah, I give it a pass. It mm. looks bad, but it's still cool. Yeah, it doesn't look great. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, the monster gets to uh, come out to play on, because this is what the whole movie's kind of been heading for, is the big gala premiere when you pack, you know, uh, I don't know, a couple dozen people in uh, tuxedos and dresses into, the, room, into the, the, the museum, and then bodies start falling out of the sky, and the mm-hmm. monster gets loose. And, and,
0: the, and your favorite thing happens, Colin. The power goes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in, in fantastic fashion.
3: In a movie that you couldn't even tell the lights were on to begin with.
0: (laughs)
2: Right. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, it was my favorite thing because I never, like, you just don't go into a movie set in the field museum thinking that there's going to be guys at a control panel who can switch all those switches that close off and lock, like, the cell doors. You know, so like at this point we're locking it down. And all the things go. And then when the power goes out, right, because I can't remember what shut the power off. I don't recall the plot device that actually led to the power going out. But then it's like a bunch of guys screaming in the dark in the control room. You know, it's like, oh, my God, the the you know, whatever, this is locked down. The fire doors are about to close and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's this mass chaos. (laughs) And Hyams constructs it in a way where it's like he's cutting between three pieces of linear action, but cross-cutting between them. So you get about three seconds of scene A, which is people running. Three seconds of scene B, people freaking out, and three uh, seconds of scene C, which is Tom Sizemore in the rain because all the sprinklers go off. I mean, it's like right. orchestrated chaos at this point. But how did that a, play? <laughs> you
0: the sparks flying and red lights going off just because, I mean, you know, you have to know it's an emergency, so we have to install red lights uh, for you in case shit goes down. Because otherwise, how would you know, Colin? Right. If things were going badly.
1: And but this is also the thing that made me think of Die Hard, right? It was like this is going to be yeah. we you know locked everybody in and you know we don't have terrorists but we've got a monster, you know. Oh shit. Didn't Peter Hyams direct uh, Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme? That, didn't he do too? Many he? Yes, he did?
0: Yes, he did. Doesn't The Hot Drink
4: that? get locked he, down he in that death. one? That was locked
0: down, yeah. Aha. <laughs> okay. He did one in 2013 with Jean-Claude Van Damme as well.
1: Was that Universal Soldier 14 or whatever? That no, was? It,
0: was, it was a different, way different movie. Um, I mean, it could have been the same movie for all I know, but a different title.
1: Hmm. Well, it's good to know that he's still out there working with his pals. Yes. Um, so Mask Hysteria happens. Tom Sizemore, our hero... Is set to try and more get, so
0: than Penelope Ann Miller.
1: See, I don't know. I think it's reversed. I think Penelope Ann Miller is actually the hero based on the climax of the movie. And Tom yeah, Sizemore becomes too. like, What the fuck was he even in that movie for in the in the yeah. end?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, what is the point of this character? I don't know. So the whole way through it, he's just kind of leading the uh the investigation,
0: right? Superstition, Colin.
1: He's playing his best, Bruce Willis. I'm going to hang on that. Like, every, when he was acting, I'm like, he thinks he's in Die Hard also. Um, and he has to get all the, the folks out of the museum, the mayor included. Of course, some people don't want to go. They get chomped. There's, uh, they call in the
0: SWAT team. who do SWAT team, helicopters, everything.
1: I know. It's like epic. We got, you know, yeah. helicopters on Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> Yeah. Guys fast roping down through skylights. Yeah. Into the- <laughs> and just getting eaten like in midair by the which, Katuga, yeah. which is just right. jumping around all over the place. Can
0: around,
4: and you walk on seals. Which 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 <laughs> led to which led to my favorite scene in this entire movie. When the guy's hanging and gets bitten, his bottom half gets bitten off. And then the other guy's like Ooh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it cuts before, but if you see him, he freaks out, and it's amazing. It's my favorite. Uh, no! And the camera pulls was, way back? Yeah. Yes.
1: My favorite
3: was the guy that, I don't know, I admit, I forget what how it started, but he, he got decapitated, and his body fell onto, like, a bunch of arrows or spears pointing up, and he got impaled, and then just, yeah. like, kind of slowly slid down into a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> And there was a lady like right
1: there that saw the whole thing happen. And it was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they spared no expense in this portion of the film because I mean, then it yeah. becomes you know Penelope Ann Miller's trapped inside with uh, James Whitmore from The Shawshank Redemption, right? He's in a wheelchair. and He's another professor. He really doesn't matter at all, except he helps her no. to figure out the the big, the stunning reveal the secret that the movie has been holding from its audience up until right. this moment, that DNA <laughs> Mikayla is shaking her Unsolved. <laughs> unsolved. Michaela's going to tell us what it is and why it's important. I don't know if you can do both.
3: The doctor in the cold open is the monster.
0: What? Yeah, I know everybody's mouths what? are this hanging open right thing. now. This is what was supposed to be the shocking twist.
3: <laughs> Here's my question. Does it matter? No. It, it has no bearing on
0: the plot. No,
4: no.
0: I mean, it's not like oh, we know it's John Whitney. John Whitney had asthma. We now know a way to kill this monster. It's like it, that does, was, it really doesn't matter.
4: No, when
3: that was revealed, I was really worried that she was going to be like, "I know how I can sap it," and was going to try and like talk him down, like a mighty Joe Young situation. Yeah, I was really worried that was where it was going to go.
0: That is that was the stupidest fucking scene in this movie. Where she's like,
2: "I know who you are."
0: Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> So what? Yeah. Why is that monster all of a sudden being calm around her? Should have ate her ass.
1: Well, see, this is, but this was an opportunity, I think, at a screenplay level that was completely missed. And that's why I wonder if there was something in the book or something like this, right? Because what you want there, it's like the, the, the revelation that the creature is actually a mutated form of some character that you don't even know. They reference his name often through the movie, but I know nothing about this fucking guy. I don't
0: have the... He's the, an asshole, apparently.
1: Do, do we even know that? I don't even know I that.
0: think, or, or they, they don't... Um, they think his, uh, his center of study is uh, frivolous and unimportant. I They're guess not
1: even like I mean, okay, so maybe, maybe you right even there, you're giving me a little more like shading than I mean I have nothing except a physical <laughs> description of what the guy looks right. like in a pith helmet, you know, off in the jungle at the beginning of the movie. I don't know anything about him. there's Does a even scene you have
3: any dialogue in his scene?
1: He says yeah, something he talks to the
0: guy at the ship at
1: the dock where you're like
0: you can't let wow. the crates oh, get on yeah. the ship or whatever, well, but that's it
1: um. But the, So this builds to, I guess it's the climactic moment of the movie where, you know, Sizemore has been locked out of the action, Penelope Ann Miller has to deal face-to-face with the creature. The creature, which has been just tearing through people, left and right up until now, comes up to her and as you guys said, stops and stares at her a little while. I'm like, Are we getting like an American werewolf in London moment here where like the thing recognizes her? I don't know if they have a relationship. I don't know. And then it licks her. It's big slimy fork tongue comes out and it licks her. And right there I'm like, okay, this means nothing to me other than it's supposed to be an Oogie moment. It would have meant something if like you know if this guy when she knew him, if he was a you know, an asshole, like you said who had constantly hit on her who right. she kept on spurning his advances didn't want to have anything to do with him he kept on like but right. then now as a monster form he recognizes that this is the girl you know from before and you know then the tongue licking has a different meaning and then right. she kills him you know but it without that you're like this isn't fucking mean anything to me. No, <laughs>
0: it should just eat her. And she waits forever to call up the elevator behind her. She's like, it's a foot from her. And she's like, okay, I'm going to push the button now and try and escape. Because what was like, your plan is,
1: there? What was the plan? This is like a one of those rickety old elevator, not like an actual elevator. Well, this is their this like is alien scene. Like,
0: yeah. this is what they want from this. She is Sigourney Weaver trying to get away from the alien and the elevator coming up behind her and all that stuff. This is what they're going for. Right. But they just draw it out uh, so long for whatever reason. uh, Yeah, trying to. It did not earn this. No, not at all.
4: No, it didn't.
1: Yeah. Well, she has a big plan here. I mean, uh, because again, I'm not entirely sure what she was trying to do with that elevator. Like she was going to get away when she didn't call it beforehand. She's. You know, soak the entire room in uh, alcohol or some kind of solvent or something like that, right? And she's gonna all the chemicals them.
0: that are keeping their specimens. Yes. Yeah.
1: I also like that this kind of plays into that. Like, hey, we researched the shit out of this, and says we're going to science the shit out of this, as uh, as Matt Damon said in in uh, The Martian, uh, because yeah. everyone else just has a lighter, a cigarette lighter, right? But not science nerds. Science no, nerds have to pack a bunch of uh, things into a, a, a container and throw it, and that ignites and, and <laughs> blows up the room.
0: But isn't that cooler? Come on. Well, yes, it's much
4: cooler. <laughs>
0: it is cooler. Impractical, <laughs> it is but It's visually cool. cooler.
1: I also like the fact that this door to this lab has one of those like submarine uh, locks on it. You know, when you twist it and like the six uh, uh, pistons come out and lock it. The, so there's no way yeah. Tom Swisebord is getting back in this room. So yeah, so the 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 cop character at this point is basically in the, the climax of the movie where we're in the showdown with the monster uh, is outside banging on the door to get in.
2: Yeah, right. Hello, right. <laughs> open the
1: door. Open the door. Yeah. The top his lungs. Did he actually he even have? Did he have a, a confrontation with the creature at some point in the in the, in the cellars?
0: Yes, uh, it's him. Penelope Ann Miller and the guy in the wheelchair, um, they meet up, I think, for the first time, and the monster comes back and is, like, running towards the door.
2: Yeah. Oh, right. So they and he's slam like, the, the, the door and that? lock
0: it. Yeah, and yeah. the monster bashes on the door for, like, five minutes.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're all very calm. That's right. Very calm. Very <laughs> calm for a giant monster just attacking the shit out of everything.
1: And very calm based on the way that we know that Penelope Ann Miller reacts to uh, death uh, the first yeah. time when she sees her beheaded uh, guard (laughs) friend. She, like, loses her fucking mind. That's hilarious. Uh,
0: But then... It was overly done.
1: Yeah, because then when she sees James Whitmore, because he gets killed, and I assume she had a closer relationship with him, the reaction's a little more muted. (laughs) And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, it's because she's seen all these other people get beheaded by now, so she's, (laughs) you know, becoming inured to it or whatever. Um, So... Her method of uh, so but she 's going to blow up the the room with the creature in it, this of course starts the fire, and then the creatures run around on fire, like you said before so i don 't know if I heard, misheard a uh, line of dialogue or something right, but apparently they have these big vats full of fluid, which I are...
0: have this question too Colin okay, so what are these vats used for the, uh, they were this is where they're boiling animals before they put them in with the beetles that eat the flesh.
1: Right, this is because they're trying to get them down to the bones, right?
0: <clears throat> right, so I don't think there's any chemicals in there. I just think they're literally boiling them.
1: Uh, okay, I took so it as that there was a chemical.
0: So that's just, you what think I was it's just water? Too. Yes, I think it's just water. I, I think there's flesh bits and shit in there, but yeah, full of animal I think it's fat. just water. Liquefied
1: yeah. animal fat at this point, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's where she oh, hides. Fat liposuction sucking <laughs> out of Marlon Brando's ass. <laughs>
1: She hides in that to to survive yeah. the blast, which blows the creature up and uh, and destroys it. They are thereby becoming the hero of the film. Right. She
0: blew the fucking monster. Up. It's because she's got his lucky bullet.
4: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, tell us. a whole <laughs> tell once oh, again no. doesn't no. really matter.
0: Yeah, we can't. There's a whole subplot of Tom Sizemore is very superstitious. The uh, exhibit they're opening up in the museum is called Superstition. Um, there's a whole thing about that.
3: It's that's got to be one of the worst museum exhibits I think I've ever seen. It, it's absolutely terrible.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like you said, we'll put up some ladders and mirrors and-
3: <laughs> some umbrellas.
0: Bunch of hanging yeah. umbrellas.
1: You got to walk under the umbrellas. You got to walk under the ladders. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like, oh. oh, okay. I don't know what.
1: I mean, obviously, I think you know. You're right. They're trying to do some kind of tie-in that he's a super, 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 superstitious cop. And the thing's called superstition, so he's going to have trouble wandering around there. But how that relates exactly to the plot of the movie, I don't know. It's just basically giving the character, uh, they're trying to give a three-dimensional shading to the cop character. Because beyond that, all we know is he's upset that his wife is getting custody of the dog in the divorce. (laughs) That
3: joke was never funny, but they kept repeating it. Yeah. And
4: everyone apparently everyone in Chicago knows, knows about this. And there was no payoff. It was like the joke for the first 20 minutes, and it was done.
0: Right, because well, I he thought... Got, he got the dog. The the other dog that yeah. he rescued from the sewer.
1: Right, that was the I payoff. I think that's the payoff. The canine all or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he got to take that sure. dog home. There was actually a scene they cut to, like, you know, because the whole movie is basically, like I said, the aesthetic is, we're going to shoot it all in silhouette. Here's a guy with a dog walking down a tunnel, and I'm like, "What the? Who the fuck?" I'm like, "Oh, it's got the dog. It's Tom Sizemore." I could not visually pick out who the hell that was. I had no. to put that together in my head. That like guy with dog is Tom Sizemore.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it was just like what the guys earlier in the movie.
2: Yeah, wow. it's
0: also a really long subplot of his partner trying to lead people through the sewers to next door, and we keep going back to them. Which, we could have cut this whole thing out. Like, a couple couple people die and it adds a few deaths to it, but man, they just cut back to it for a long time. Well, because
1: they should have, in in order to, uh, you know, kind of simplify things, that should have been Tom Sizemore's character, right? Right. You just roll him and his partner into one guy. Yeah. Tom Sizemore is trying to lead people out of the building, you know? Trying to rescue uh, Penelope Ann Miller who's stuck in the room. She can still... Kill the monster, but he right. then rescues the mayor and everybody. But yeah. you don't, But without that, then you're like, what the fuck was he doing in this movie? I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you make a point. Yeah, because he, yeah, he really could have just done that. Because she's running around doing not much with him.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: All right. Was there a coda on this movie? Uh, a kicker at the end? What do, What do we got here at the very end?
0: No. Again, we're we're just in that era where they didn't put kickers on shit like this. It's so like, we get a close up the claw, and that's it. Yeah.
1: Boom. Everybody, the people who live yeah. live.
0: No baby Godzilla's in this one.
1: Yep. Those <laughs> who died, we mourn for them. Linda Hunt makes it out. Okay. We're very happy. Yeah, Linda she doesn't Hunt drown. Survives. That's right. She's <laughs> yes. on her way to the Saturday Night Freak Show Wall of Fame because she was also yep. in Dune. Oh. Uh, right. Dune. She's very good in Silverado, also. I think she won an Oscar. Uh, that is why we uh, treasure did. the name of Linda Hunt, Hutt. I think in her first movie, she won an Oscar, and I can't remember I think so. what it was called. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs>
0: so, we leave you on that question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I tell you what, uh, listener, you're wondering whether or not we would recommend that you watch this movie called The Relic. Well, we're not going to tell you just yet. First of all, we're going to go around the—we're going to uh, answer some of your mail— And uh, in order to do that, we're going to need the assistance of our mailman. And his name is Igor. Bring us the mail.
2: Masters, Masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers
1: are rising, rising. Why, thank you, Igor.
0: Thanks, Igor.
3: I can't see him it's too
0: dark Yeah, actually I think that your camera's up too high Colin I see oh, the yeah. top just, of head. wait I see a few hairs
1: a little hand reaches oh, in good. and yeah, there you go.
0: Uh, Colin please next time just do that for our benefit because <laughs> if a little hand had just wait. brought you the mail right now I would have died
1: this is a visual thing but I'm going to do it like
0: there you go oh, oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's that's what I needed <laughs>
2: Okay,
1: well, uh, the way that you can write into us, and we would love to hear from you, all you got to do is follow along on Facebook.
3: Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show.
1: Or Twitter.
0: At Sat Freak Show.
1: You can email us. Saturday
4: Night Freak Show at yahoo.com.
1: Or follow along on Instagram for the time of your life. Uh, About the relic, Robin Lineman Silverberg writes in and says the book was better. And the movie totally left out probably one of the best book characters to come out of the last fifty years, Aloysius Zingu Lang Pendergast, a Sherlock Jesus. Holmes for the new millennium. Okay. I thought Elizabeth Missed Slander was the uh, Sherlock Holmes for the new millennium. Wasn't that Who? A trilogy called Millennium? Elizabeth Slander. The Millennium trilogy. That never was.
0: And there you go.
1: No, it happened. The three books happened. Then they kept making them after that.
0: There's like six books now. Yeah, there's six. Like, uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh,
1: Simon Carter said, I enjoyed this movie when I first saw it, but for years I had this in DNA with Mark Dacascos mixed up. I was a teenager when I saw this in Species. Species had boobs. Guess which one I watched more. <laughs>
4: Fair yes.
1: enough. <laughs> yes. Ironically, at the end of Species, they're in a bunch of catacombs and it's a CGI beastie running around. There's fire and all that. They just
4: this is how you yeah. ended
1: a movie in the 1990s. Yeah. Uh, Teresa Ann says, Ooh, great choice. Sure to be a fun episode. Uh, Ryan Handsome Jansen writes in, and says, You're in for a few people being decapitated so their hypothalamus can be nibbled on. Very true. Sure? And uh, B movie poster vault says, The relic, have I seen it? According to Letterboxd, yes, in 2015 as a double feature with a Cuban <laughs> comedy horror movie, Juan of the Dead. Did I like it? Apparently, yes, as I rated it four out of five stars. Can I remember Damn. a single thing about it five years later? No. No, nope. I can't. Guess it's time to go <laughs> dig that flick out again, and I hope I didn't have any plans for right now. <laughs> there <you
3: go>. That's <laughs> what Letterboxd is good for, remembering <laughs> things you forgot yeah. you've seen.
0: Did I watch this movie? <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, well, no, you don't have any plans right now. Boom, (laughs) there you go. Uh, You can't use
2: the excuse you're busy anymore.
1: Um, About last week's movie, which was Tourist Trap, Bill Hainer writes in and said, uh, that movie had a really odd soundtrack, weird, inappropriate, and cartoony. I found it rather distracting.
4: A little bit. Yeah. You can do
1: that. Oh, you were not a fan of it, Holly? I can't remember how we came down on it last week.
4: No, I, I agree that it was really weird. I, but I think it added to the creep factor. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, about uh, the previous week's movie, Final Destination 3, Jolo Holo writes in Jolo Hoho, sorry. And thank you very much for the uh, five star review on iTunes. Jolo Hoho said, This was a frustrating episode for me. First, the girls are putting down Mary Elizabeth Winstead's acting, and then the guys took this movie way too serious. It's a movie you just sit back and enjoy the ride.
4: I agree. I agree. It <laughs> is the <a laughs> movie that's <laughs> other. <laughs> yeah. But I, I stand by that she's a boring actress. <laughs> Ouch.
1: <laughs> Jesus, holy God. Sorry. I'm not
4: saying she's bad. I just don't remember. Yeah,
2: I that's what I mean. She's,
4: she's forgettable. Oh, like,
1: <laughs> Oh, okay uh, Go back and listen to our final destiny or so we're all standing by our positions
0: on yes. that yes. episode. Yes, right? yes we are
1: uh, yes. so, <laughs> CJ Lewis writes in and says in a film series with absurd off the-wall deaths and overall premise, I feel like three in particular was the start of the MTV Freddy era in this franchise and that's a low bar. Keep up the good work guys and please stay healthy. Well,
3: Thanks, thank that is, that is a good comparison for it. I
1: think that's fair. <laughs> uh, Grant Parrish says, I think the origin of the 180 in the Final Destination series is that if you keep going the way you're going, death will get you, so you have to pull a 180 and turn your life around.
3: I love it. <laughs> Send me more of your Final
1: Destination
3: <laughs> theories, audience. <August.
2: laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, Nelson Nascimento Natchement- says... Uh, a- that three is a couple steps down from the first two, but is that bad? Not really. Still highly enjoyable despite its faults. Actually, I might be in the minority, but I feel this entire franchise is underrated.
4: I agree. Probably. That's
1: obviously. Fun. Fun. It's fun. Uh, Michaela on that episode said you were basically either a Saw person or a Final Destination person back when these were coming out. Dan Dunn said Saw definitely got played out. I mean, they put out seven sequels? I stopped watching them after maybe four, so I guess I can't talk shit. But they're, if they're amazing, let me know and I'll watch them.
0: I've never seen past three. Neither have I.
1: I've seen them all. Are they amazing? Of course you have. I don't know if I'd say that. I did like uh, I like the first three, and I like, uh, I think it was five. Isn't that the one with the real estate thing that was going on? And uh, that one I kind of like. Um, real
0: estate thing. Oh Jesus!
1: Yeah, they were all like all the people who are in the trap. Like had this. They were basically defrauded somebody, and so they were all bad. So then he got them all and put them on. But that one actually like worked Isn't out pretty. Part
0: good. part five is a just, real estate scam movie. Yeah, boy. Just like a
3: response to the housing crisis yes. of two thousand
0: eight. Oh, yes. oh. oh Jesus! Yep. Uh, I didn't uh, realize
3: those movies got deep. It's
0: like, it's like I want to play a game. You have fifteen thousand dollars in back taxes. Will you kill the man next to you? Yeah. four
4: hundred one k just took a nosedive. Yeah, Michaela, this is our chance to make our multi level marketing horror movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that, well, we haven't so seen we haven't seen Spiral from the Book of Saw yet, so they're still hope. true. Uh, I was just
4: thinking if that really
3: is the premise of that movie, maybe I'll write some bullshit think piece about it and get published.
1: (laughs) There you go. I think you could. Uh, Nick Destro says, I was a Saw guy. I think I only saw the original Final Destination. Hmm. Uh, Neil Gum said he was a fan of both, but I revisit all of the Final Destinations way more frequently. The original Saw is the only one of those I come back to anymore. Uh, Life with Kenny Pod i wonder if that's supposed to be the Life with Kenny podcast, maybe. Life with Kenny pod says it's up there with the House of Wax remake for underrated, is it B-horror, but still entertaining as hell movies from the early to mid-thousands. Saw was great and revolutionary for mainstream body horror, but the Final Destination series kept people off planes and roller coasters for years, ha ha.
3: There you go. I agree. (laughs) Uh, I I haven't rewatched a single Saw movie, though, so maybe I should.
1: I know, yeah. It's like you got to give it, like, uh, what, about almost 20 years, and then you go back and revisit them. I did it a little Mm -hmm. earlier than that. They came out with, like, an eight-film set, so that was when I was like, okay, okay. I saw all those Saw movies, and the problem with when you're watching them in the theater is i go in every year and go like, I can't remember what the fuck happened last year. And then, I don't know where I am on these. But when you watch them in a marathon, you're like, oh, I can follow the story, and it gets more and more preposterous as it goes. But they are making references back. Like, that fucking thing gets super goddamn crazy complicated, where you're like, I admire the weight, the heavy lifting that each writing team had to do to try and well, I suppose like they do that in Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Like we killed him at the end. What are you going to do? We're going to find some Yeah. Uh, Tammy. You don't Grin- have that problem
3: in Final Destination.
1: That's right. You just start over.
2: <laughs> each <laughs> time.
1: Uh, Tammy Grinzinger says she likes both the series. Andrew Bradford says uh, for his favorite kills in the Final Destination series, he liked the gym- gymnastic scene in part five and the pool scene in part four. <clears throat> That pool scene in part four. Did you ever? Read? I don't
3: remember that one. I remember the the car wash.
1: I don't remember. But I the, don't
3: remember the pool. I think
1: the cool pool scene. If I remember it, I may be going to get confused with the Chuck Palahniuk novel that I read, which I think they ripped it off. Guts. But no, it was. Oh, I do uh, remember. Haunted, was it haunted or something? Yeah, like that?
3: the story was guts in. In the book
1: Haunted, yeah, where the guy gets yeah. like he gets his inside sucked out through a, the suction at the bottom the of a Ooh,
2: yeah. I think yeah. that's nice. what
1: happens in Final Destination Four, because yeah. the yeah. guts I remember comes like shooting out yeah. of a, a vent hose or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That
3: um, story, that Chuck Palahniuk story, is disgusting. It's Everyone's disgusting. read it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's uh, got levels of disgusting.
1: What is that book called?
3: Haunted. It's a bunch of short stories, but the
2: short story is guts. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Gary Lee comes to Mary Elizabeth Winstead's defense. Says she's fantastic in a movie called All About Nina. It's a straight drama, and she gives an amazing performance as an alcoholic comedian dealing with her past sexual assault and starting a new relationship. It's on Netflix, and I strongly recommend it. Wow, that
4: sounds happy. What was it called? Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, All About Nina. Sean's listening. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Um, and Ben Harris says, uh, Hey guys, seeing we're all in quarantine, I've been watching some movies. I just saw a movie called warning sign from 1985. It's definitely worth bringing it to the freak show. Think 28 days later, but in a lab.
0: It's on the list.
1: I know. I've always wanted to see warning sign.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Didn't I think, uh, didn't shop factory put that out?
1: I think so. I think I think so. Putting out, but yeah, but that was one of those movies that back in my day it was an hbo staple i didn't have hbo but i knew it was on because i collected the <laughs> One awesome. remember those little paper guides that hbo used to send every month you, you guys don't remember this there's a little i remember tv guide. i got a tv guide
2: but
1: yeah no yeah. they used to send out to their subscribers this little full color thing oh man now now i want to go look those up on ebay okay So, uh, do we or do we not recommend tonight's movie, The Relic? We're going to go around the room virtually and start with... Colin. Yeah, Sean.
0: What did you think of The Relic?
1: Well, it's a tough one because, um, you know, as I'm sitting here and I'm cataloging all of the stuff that's wrong with this movie... (laughs) Right? This is my, because I am trying to still, I I had my mind made up before I sat down tonight. And as I'm sitting here and you're kind of reliving it, I'm like, there is some things that I like. I mean, I like the fact that it's a monster movie with a fucking monster in it. You get to see the monster, the monster's jumping all over the place. It's an active monster. I like that they keep it off screen for a while to kind of build suspense as to what the monster is going to be. Um and the monster does behead like a whole fucking shitload of people. I mean, that's these are in the positive uh, categories, but right. I think
0: these are the things you want.
1: I think my biggest gateway, or the roadblock, right, to me recommending this movie. I seriously, I'm going to say this is this is this is the thing. I couldn't fucking see it.
2: <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs>
1: it was just such an ugly like offensively ugly movie it is there are two movies that I can think of where they tried to use darkness in this way uh, as an aesthetic choice and both of them are like I don't remember shit about them after I see them because I didn't see it uh, there's this in Alien versus Predator Requiem the second one
2: uh, uh,
1: which was I think um, what's Marcus brothers, yeah but Marcus Nispel's uh, cinematographer, Daniel Pearl. Daniel right? Pearl. He shot it. So I'm like, ooh, Daniel Pearl shot it. And then you watch it and you're like, what are you, This, like he was pursuing an aesthetic with Texas Chainsaw and Pathfinder and all that that finally got him to the like. What if we don't turn any lights on at all?
2: An <laughs> alien is a
1: black thing against a black background. And it's in a suit. Like, I'm like, okay, I give up. I can't see it. Couldn't see the predator either. But so there's these two movies, the relic and that one. And uh, yeah, I actually, I do not like that stylistic choice so much. that So that's number one. I can't get past that. I can't say go see this movie because you're not going to be able to see the goddamn movie. Uh, number two. Um, yeah, I guess when you look at it from like, okay, well, does it function as a movie? At least does it have a compelling storyline? Do you follow it? Do you know what's going on? It's like the structure of this thing's broken. Um, The director is trying to, and this is a thing, I guess, you know, I guess it's why you don't know Peter Hyam's name as a household name, even though the guy's been working for like 40 years or something like that, maybe more, 50 years, um, is because... And I think 2010 is probably when you, you Google him. That's probably going to be the one you know that people remember him for the most. But uh, um, his style, at least in this, and I think it's born out in his late 90s and 2000s era stuff, is uh, all this cross cutting to make it seem like something furious is happening. As far as action, we've got characters yelling at the top of their lungs when they don't really need to be, right? The guy is in a room, like, leading people down a hallway, and he's yelling, like, he's screaming at people 10 blocks away or something.
0: I I love that he screams, like, all right, we're going to go quick, we're going to be quiet, we're going to stick together. (laughs) And then for the rest of the movie, they are yelling as they try and get away from this monster.
1: Yeah. I mean, so it's basically, it's a directorial, you know, flourish when you don't have, I don't think, the confidence in your material, and you're trying to boost it up and jazz it up somehow you're jazzing it up through this kind of style which is like you're doing it in editing because the thing is and actually if we just played it out as normal it's not going to work at all it's not the you know so uh and again i don't think that any of the characters really make any kind of impression except maybe penelope ann miller i do i remembered her from before and i remember you know having just watched it i'm like she makes the biggest impression Sizemore, I suppose, makes an impression, but I can't remember anything about him because ultimately his character is pointless and sec- doesn't need to be in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on the relic. I don't think that uh, you need to go see it if you haven't seen it already. Even if you're, I mean, only maybe if you're a monster movie completionist. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna pass on the relic. Uh, Holly, what do you think?
2: <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, Colin, I think I'm in total agreement with you on this one. I was I was on the fence because there are some things about this movie I do enjoy. Um I really do like the monster design. I think it's really cool and um and the CGI for 1997 really isn't all that bad, like it's not great, but it's not. I've seen much worse. Like yeah, Sean said earlier, really, much worse.
1: This is like the yeah. same year as Escape from L.A. Just you know, for comparisons. Sake. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did, yeah. Didn't have that. Have the shark shot underwater or something yeah. like that? Yeah, that We groaned out loud at. Yeah, mm-hmm. well,
2: that made me the surfing. But yeah. 96. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah so, so,
4: so yeah, like I like the monster a lot. I think it's really cool. Um, and I would. I'm not really bored during this movie. Like it's, it's got my attention enough that it didn't really lose me. However, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like the story has no structure. Like every, you know, Michaela said earlier that everything in this movie is inconsequential and that's so true. Like you can't follow what's going to count later and what doesn't really matter. And, um, there's so many, there's so many side things that just don't ever come to fruition. Like there's really no point to the kids and there's, there's so many weird things like that. And, it is kind of hard to follow, you know. Obviously, we all had questions coming into it, like when did this happen or why did this happen, and uh, there shouldn't be that many questions. So, I, I agree with you that there's more not to like than there is to like because we've already said at this movie, you can't see a fucking thing. Like it's it's too much. I mean, I, I I appreciate a few silhouette shots, but you can't make an entire movie like that, especially with close-ups. You can't see anything. You know, I I agree with Colin what you said about waiting to show the monster. You know, you have that suspense effect and it works to an extent. But when you really can't see anything for that long, I I just I just can't bring myself to recommend it because you can't see shit. Um, yeah, I I really do like parts of it. I remember watching this a lot as a kid and I really like this movie. But watching it now, I'm just like, yeah, there's there's two. There's too much you can't see and too much that doesn't make sense. I, I can't in good conscience recommend it, even though it's a cool monster. And I agree with you. If if you are a monster movie enthusiast, you, sh- you might want to check it out just for the design. But I can't recommend The Relic. Michaela.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I This movie has no business being almost two hours long. It's just not necessary. This movie, like... The plot is needlessly, I don't even want to say complicated because it's not really that complicated, but it just adds things to it that don't need to be there. It's a monster movie. We we know what we're getting in for. We know all the major beats it's going to hit. You don't need to add all this extra like nerdy science jargony scenes just for the sake of having them. And, like, the twist, I guess, is kind of cool, but it also, it's, it still doesn't matter. It, it's still, it doesn't help them defeat the monster. It doesn't have any consequence on the story whatsoever, so it really does not matter. And I just, the monster's so cool, and you do get to see it a lot, and it is well-crafted. So at that part, I'm like, oh, maybe I should, but, like, I did not enjoy the movie until that point. Um, because I just kept felt like it's wheels were spinning and I was just waiting for it to get started. And it just, it feels amateurish in so many ways, but then yet you, you know, you've got this amazing like Stan Winston type creature. I don't think I can recommend it because you just have to get through so much to get to where it's cool
0: that I don't know if it's worth it. So
3: I don't think I can recommend it. Sean.
0: Um, yeah, I think you guys are all pretty much, uh, you know, hitting the nail on the head with this movie. Um, I used to watch it a lot, a ton, when I was younger. Uh, HBO, Rentals, all that shit. Um, And I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Like we said, because the major reason, the monster is so very good. Um, I think it's a great design, and I think it's utilized pretty well, and it's a fun thing. But there is a lot to chew through before you get to that stuff in this movie. Like, there's a lot of fat in this movie. There is a simpler version of this whole thing, Um, that could have been made, uh, like everyone's saying there's good parts, but man, does it take a long time to get there? Um, I appreciate the monster. I appreciate how, um, I appreciate how gory it is. I was surprised and, uh, and I'm not kidding when there's, I say there's 25 beheadings in this movie. It's insane.
2: It's a lot. Um,
0: Yeah. So many. Um, but there's just, like we said, there's a lot of inconsequential stuff in this movie. And it kind of leaves you wondering, like, okay, what was, you know, what was the point of this? What was the point of this? And there's way too much of that um, to be able to recommend this movie. If I went on nostalgia alone, I could probably be like, of course. Yeah, it's fun. But um, there's uh, it got beaten down by everything else in the movie. Again, uh, check out the scenes with the monster if you love monsters, because I love monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a major yeah. reason I picked this one. So, like, go check out the monster. But other than that, uh, the relic doesn't quite make it. It's one of those from, you know, my uh, childhood that doesn't hold up with adult eyes. So, unfortunately, I have to pass on the relic.
1: All right. Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's four four passes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, avoid the relic. <clears throat> Well, it's too bad, right? Well, you know. It is, you're right.
0: Don't you kind of feel bad about it? I do. It's like it's too uh, bad.
1: It's like, it also reminded me in some ways, I don't know why I was watching it, of like Lake Placid or something. It's like these movies from that era where they, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, this is goes. another
3: up, one where there's two of them.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, next week we're going to watch a movie that's chosen by. Holly.
0: Oh, it- Thank you for making the face, Holly. I was confused. You're welcome. Uh, Holly, what will we be watching next week?
4: Next week, we're going to watch a little gem called Bad Taste.
0: Oh, oh no. shit. Right. Uh, Peter Jackson.
4: Peter Jackson, yeah. Okay, all right. This is a weird movie.
0: <laughs> this, it's, a, it. it's, it's funny because this movie looks like it tastes bad. So it, that's that <laughs>
1: gross.
0: It looks gross. It looks gross.
1: all right so join us for bad taste next week on the saturday night freak show and until then boils and ghouls
2: the basements plural are going dark